Welcome, 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 welcome to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I am your host, Cloyd Brown, and I'd like to welcome you to Barnabas Speaks. Barnabas Speaks is a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, and a podcast about faith. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for tuning in, and I can't wait for you to hear this week's episode. Now, normally, as you know, we are in a series and we begin to do different things, different episodes. But for the month of August, my pastor, Pastor Leonard Ravenel, the pastor of Renewing Life Church here in Raleigh, North Carolina, has asked my wife and I to do a the Tuesday night teaching, which is our midweek service for Renewing Life Church that we have every week. And as we begin to pray about what we will be speaking about, we landed on the, the subject of marriage so we'll be talking all things marriage for what we have dubbed as marriage month for the month of august so to help streamline some things so that way that we're not overly busy within our office we have decided to bring these recordings these episodes these studies these sessions to the Barnabas Speaks podcast so for the rest of the month you'll be hearing the topics and the things that we discuss Uh, between my wife and I and so I would like to welcome you welcome you welcome you I hope that this is a blessing to you and so now we ask that you tune in enjoy if you have any comments you have any questions you have anything that we want to that you want us to talk about consider just sending us an email you can send the email to cloyd.s.brown at gmail.com or you can send it to the church website which is admin at rocrdu.com. I hope this blesses you as much as it blessed us. This first week, we begin to talk about dating. We begin to talk about dating and courtship. And so I hope it blesses you. Let's listen. Welcome to Renewing Life's TNT study. You go on to it. Welcome to Renewing Life's TNT study or Tuesday night teaching. We are clearly, clearly not passed around, but we'd like to welcome you to Renewing Life. Uh, thank you for renewing with us. I am Cloyd Brown. This is Tisha Brown. This is my wife. Uh, what we what we're doing is one, we're allowing Pastor Rav uh, to get some time for studies, time for prayer. Uh, this is supposed to be his sabbatical month uh, and his uh, month of respite, but he has been called a few different ways as far as. Uh, preaching and things of that nature. So we have given him Tuesdays. And so for this Tuesday, this Tuesday and the rest of the month, this will be considered marriage month. Uh, so we will be uh, talking about marriage, talking about all things marriage. Uh, and so first a few weeks, first four weeks of the month, we will have topics. But the fifth Tuesday of the month, the last Tuesday of the month, we will be addressing any and all questions. So even now, we want you to Feel free to begin to, and you think questions, you can send it to the Renewing Life Facebook inbox. You can DM us on Instagram. You can DM us on Twitter. You can also inbox admin at rocrdu.com, admin at rocrdu.com. So welcome. Anything you want to say, Tisha, before we get started? I don't think so. Glad to have you here. So if you're at home, get comfy, grab a seat on the couch or wherever is the most comfortable space. So we're going to dive deep, just a little deep, into courtship, marriage, and things of that nature. So, 
Join us. So we're going to get started, but I want to get announcements out the way. So we're going to get started. So one of the announcements uh, is, one, this is marriage month. So like we said, so this is, as you can see on the screen, that's the flyer. Share it. Tell your friends. Uh, save it. Share it on your timelines. And let people know that they have, we're not experts. So we want to make sure that we're not experts. We're just sharing a little bit of things that we know that we've learned through our time together, but just through prayer and just the wisdom of God. We also have ways, if you would like to give, we have ways that you can give. And so there are three ways that you can give. You can do it through our cash app, which is the Money Sign Renewing Life Church. The Money Sign Renewing Life Church. You can also do it through PayPal, which is admin at rocrdu.com. Admin at rocrdu.com. And then you can go to our website which we are in the process of updating uh, September. We hope to have all our updates done. So it is www.rocrdu.com. www.rocrdu.com. That is the announcement for giving. So if you uh, feel uh, led, if you want to partner with us, please feel free to do that. And our last announcement before we get started, uh, we uh, just yesterday, it was supposed to be yesterday, but Pastor Rav uh, shared uh, for a virtual revival with Pastor Terrence L. Cup. Cope, rather, uh, Ministries, uh, his church is out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, which is Perfecting Love Ministries. Uh, so Pastor Rand was actually supposed to preach tomorrow, but all this week, uh, they will be having a virtual revival. Uh, the flyer, as you can see, is on the screen, so please feel free to join in. Uh, it will be on Facebook Live for uh, Terrence L. Cope ministries, so feel free. So we're going to try to get you out of here in 30 minutes. We're going to get started and we'll be done with the announcements. So marriage and all things marriage. So as God has led us, as we were, as we were praying, as God had given us uh, the, the free reign and uh, Pastor Rav was given the free reign, he did not know what we were going to speak about, as he told you last week. And uh, when Tish and I were talking about it, I said, well, we're going to talk about marriage. Uh, something that's important to people, something that people have questions about, even whether they're considering, whether they are married. And so we're going to talk about that. And, and during our prayer time, we've come to the conclusion that, hey, we're going to, let's start off with courtship. Let's start off with dating. And so uh, because it's not something that we talk about in the church, not something we talk about uh, sometimes in our families. We don't talk about it. Uh, it's very brief and short. And so we're going to go straight into it. So I'll teach you, I'll start with a question for you. Uh, and so what was something that you... Uh, your your parents or that you learned about dating before you literally begin dating as an adult? Uh, so um, growing up, a huge message was don't bring a baby in my house. So it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't so much the aspect of don't have sex before marriage. That was an expectation, mm-hmm. but it was also a huge portion of of the way that we were raised was don't bring an extra mouth in this house to feed that you can't care for. So um, that was just strongly encouraged. Um, And I come from, from a a family background where marriages have struggled, um, Mm -hmm. where um, my mom specifically has been um, married and divorced twice. Um, So dating was, was almost something as though you you had to. I think when one of the things my mom used to say to me regarding um, our, the early part of our marriage was, 
did I cook dinner? It was it was a huge piece. And, and occasionally it's still, um, what did you cook? What did you cook? What did you cook? And that was really hard for me because there were times where I was in class, so I couldn't cook because I didn't get out of class till eight o'clock at night. Um, so that was, it was almost as though the woman submission meant serving on a deeper level. Um, and so it was almost as though that was a huge part of dating too. What could I do to keep a man or what could I do to make the man happy? As though all of that responsibility was on the woman. Interesting. I think for me, uh, we were talking before and I was saying that my mom did not really, we didn't, she didn't really talk about dating. And so I think that is also kind of uh, kind of like the stereotypical uh, kind of like the dads have the conversation with the birds and the bees with the sons and the moms have the conversation with the birds and the bees with the, the mom. And I think that uh, I am also realizing that even as I speak now, I have a certain level of, I would say, advantage with different viewpoint because I had uh, mostly until I graduated high school, I had both parents in the household. And so a lot of in a lot of places, mothers are giving that birds and bees talk to their son uh, where my it was with my dad. And it was not like, I do not remember, hey, let's sit down and let's talk about birds and bees or let's sit down and let's talk about dating. It was uh, one, don't uh, don't have sex before marriage. But if you if you do, if you just can't resist. And so it wasn't like, uh, like men will be, boys will be boys. So my dad didn't give me that speech, but he was like, uh, if you do, make sure you use your protection. Uh, but he says, try your hardest and your best to to wait until marriage. Uh, and so there was not much after that. It was not much understanding of that. And so uh, there was not much conversation with dating, at least not in high school when I was thinking about it. And I wonder sometimes if really uh, they didn't think it was important. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, when you think about high school, dating is not that important. Uh, and, 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 and when you're in school, in high school, it feels like the world. But when you, as you get back, like, man, eh, uh, there's only so much you could have done anyway. Uh, now, I'm not saying, I don't know about now, but when I was uh, when I was in high school, I think that I didn't have a car yet. Uh, and I was, most of my time was preoccupied with sports and work. So I would, I would leave uh, practice or the trap meeting and go to work. And so it would be, it would be stuff like that. So I guess maybe they didn't think it was important, but it wasn't a conversation about dating that much. But then as I transitioned, I found that it wasn't that much conversation about it in in as an adult, even in the church. Uh, and so I think in the church we have these two factions: you have the married people, and then you have the single group. And even in the singles ministry, it does not it's not so much dating. It's not, we don't talk about dating, but somehow it's just that when you're single, you're waiting to be married. Uh, and I want to talk about, uh, cause you have been in the, in the, in the church. Have you ever been part of a singles ministry? And what do you feel like the church has taught you about dating or teach you about dating? I can't say that I've been a part of a true singles ministry. Um, I think the one message that I received, uh, was, um, when attending Macedonia Baptist Church and being a part of an Esther ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not a single mm-hmm. ministry, but it was it was more of a, a women's ministry, if you will. Um, 
but I think what that, it was the first time in my life where the the statement "Don't have sex before marriage" was taught from a biblical perspective, so that someone backed this up with the word of mm. God, as opposed to just don't do this, but these are the reasons why this affects us. These mm. are, um, this is what God's word says about this. So, and I, I think it took it to a deeper level for me because no one had ever shown me what the word of God said about this. It was don't do this, don't do this, but never giving me the biblical stance and how that can affect my life long-term, um, how that can affect me being spiritually connected to someone. Um, so yeah, I really appreciated that, but I can't say that I've truly been a part of a singles ministry that really taught me about courtship and dating and things of that nature. Okay, so transition a little bit. So we met, uh, we knew each other when we were kids, we moved apart. Uh, she grew up in South Carolina, I grew up in Georgia. And then years later, we find each other. Uh, and that is kind of what leads to our story of courtship. And what ended up happening is social media. So my sister, Keisha, she always says that she hates everything about Facebook, except for the fact that it reunited Tisha and I. Like, that's what her thing. She's like, uh, I can't stand Facebook because there's so much drama, so much messiness. But I, I'm the one thing I'm happy is that it reunited you guys that you guys found each other. And so I'll let you tell your story of how you, how we found each other on social media. Ah, so um, I was on a uh, sorority sister's uh, page and I had seen a post from a name that was very familiar to me. Um, I know everyone calls him Cloyd, mm-hmm. but as a family, we call him Stefan. And so I saw the name Cloyd Brown and I immediately thought that was his father. And I was like, oh, my parents, because our parents were friends and kind of lost connection over the years. And I was like, this is the guy that my dad and my mom used to hang out. And so I actually sent an instant message because I was so shocked. Like, wow, this is dope. Found him on, you know, a, a random Sarah's page. Like, this is so cool. And so I sent a message just saying, you know, hey, I'm Peach's daughter. It, you know, explain who I am. Hey, my mom and dad still talk about you and kind of find out it wasn't his father. It was him. And I was like, ah, you still eat ketchup in your grits, Um, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, So that is how we kind of just reconnected. And it really genuinely was to connect our, our parents who um, were both married at one point. Um, And our parents used to hang out together as couples, play cards together, grill out together, all the fun stuff back in New York. Um, So that's that's how I think the interaction began. Yes. And so I know that some of you like, man, they've been talking for what was it? 13 minutes. 13 minutes. And y'all have not given a scripture. We do have a scripture. Uh, And so the scripture that we are going to be kind of. I wouldn't even say dissect and kind of talking about and kind of like the basis of it is going to be Proverbs 18 and 22 on the screen. You'll see it from the NIV and it reads, he who finds a wife finds what is good. Cause I'm used to kind of reading from King James, forgive me. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And we've, I've heard that so much and I've heard it uh, because I'm on social media. And I, I'm on, I'm, I can be really engaged uh, specifically if you, you find Twitter is it seems to be more uh, 
more argumentative or going back and forth versus Facebook, uh, but it was basically, it's always a question about what does this description mean? Does it mean that the, the, the woman or the wife to be is just sitting waiting at home for this man? Are they just sitting still waiting or is the, is the man doing the pursuing? Can, is it wrong for uh, the woman to do the pursuing or make the first move? All those different things and there's all this discussion around it. And I thought that this is what we were talking about. We're talking about courtship. And so in order to find a wife, you will, in order to be a wife or in order to be a husband, there has to be some in between. Now, understand that uh, just to give a little bit of context back in this time, there was no in between. <laughs> so it was just basically like uh, and a lot of times also realizing that this was happening. We think, oh, man, if I'm not married by 26, 27. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Just think back in this day. If they were not married by 14, 15, they would like, man, what am I doing with my life? Because um, most likely, if you actually think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was probably 13 when she was pregnant. Uh, and so we have to understand that context. And so with that, uh, that's where we kind of break in. He who finds a wife. And do you want to ask a question? Want me to ask a question? What do you have? Uh, I can ask the question. What do you what do you think about when you hear the scripture? Uh, when I hear he who finds a wife, um, it really does sound as though he he is searching for her um, finds as in I almost think of like like we're on a treasure hunt. Like he's looking for her and unturning all these clues to find her. Um, and maybe that's what that pursuit is like. Um, genuinely, is that you're unturning different you know, clues to figure out who that person is for you. Um, so I think that's what I I initially gather upon first hearing that. So what do you think now? Um, you mentioned something about the good thing. Um, so I I challenge the the thought of good thing because exactly what is the good thing for you? The good thing for you may not be the good thing for one of your frat brothers or for um, another family member mm-hmm. or just some Jolo off the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when we when we consider the aspect of a good thing, it really is personal. That thing that is good for you. Um, one of the things that you taught me in our marriage was that you did not need a wife that like came home and was like cooking meals and, and was just like in the kitchen prepping plates and all this stuff. And so I was taught though, that that is what a man needed. And so I was trying, it it became cumbersome trying to like fulfill that role and fulfill all these other different hats that I have. And I'll never forget the moment that you sat me down and was like, that's not the wife that I need though. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh, so the good thing that was for my daddy doesn't have to be the good thing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it can kind of mess with you a little bit in terms of, am I being that? Am I enough? Mm -hmm. Um, When you consider what, what a good thing may be based off of what you see from someone else's situation. I think I would agree with that. I think that we, with the good thing uh, in mind, I think that oftentimes we are reading it from the lens of our eyes. And if this is wisdom, understand that the Proverbs is not the law. It's poetry. Uh, it is the wisdom, what we call the wisdom theology, wisdom literature. 
And so you think about Proverbs, Psalms, and Psalms, Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. That's the wisdom of the, the books of poetry. Mm-hmm. And so when you, and so one, some of the stuff that's put there is one is a proverb. It is now some is David and some is Solomon giving it to his son, giving this instruction. And so when he says a good thing, the good thing, and we also, let me read back, we also understand that the scripture is God-breathed, which means it's inspired by God. And so we have to understand if this is this word is coming from God, it, God decides, defines what the good thing is, first mm-hmm. off. So it has to be defined by God what this good thing is. Because even when we think about the scripture, that all things work out for the good of them that are called according to him, that love him. That's all right. That, but the the good that work out for the good, the good is not defined by us. The good is never defined by. It's defined. It comes from God. Defines what's good for us. It's the same way with the parent. Aiden loves pizza, and he would eat pizza and chicken nuggets all day, every day. If we didn't make him eat a green bean or eat some broccoli, because we understand that is good for him, and so just because. It, you're looking for your eyes. What is good doesn't mean that that is what God is. So we have to also realize that God defines out what's the good. But I want to take a step back into the finding. Uh, he who finds. Uh, so he who finds, because when we think about it, we look at, as you said, we look at somebody that's searching, looking. And but I like words. Uh, I like I like looking up the words. And so what I did is I went and looked up with the the strong the definition of the, the good, uh, defined rather. And so that is matzah in the Hebrew. And so, but when you go and look for a scripture, we're going to still do a little teaching here. <laughs> we are going to renew you. So We just, we just stepped into the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> we got one out and so uh, when we do, when we look at it like that, from that perspective, we understand that when you look at these words, every time you see the word, it may not be the same or in the same connotation for each scripture or each time. So for this one, it's really saying that uh, it attains, but it also they arrive at it. It's not something they were necessarily looking for. So, cause sometimes when you think about they're missing something. In fact, even when you think about Adam and Eve, when God says it's not good for man to live alone, Adam didn't even think that he was missing something. Adam was content in the garden uh, to our knowledge because he was just in the presence of God. And then God said that it's not good. And once again, we go back to that word good. God said it was not good that man should live alone. And he now provides him this, 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 this help. Me. There was no one suitable for, for Adam. And so we have to look at it that they, he arrives at this person. He, find, they, they, he comes to a resting place. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're looking. It doesn't even mean that the, they, are, they are searching for this, for this thing, for this, this, this wife, or the wife is just sitting at home. And we talked before, and I said I won't go into the deep, the deep uh, depths of this, but understand that the context of it is that when women were in this time, it was a totally different situation. Women weren't working. They didn't have their own career. They did not have ownership or anything like that. So literally, they were waiting for someone to, and their father was waiting for someone to come and now take her uh, to, to now, if you will, complete her uh, for that time period. But that we're no longer in that time. And so, <laughs> and so in though in the in that context or in that culture, 
And so there's some coaches that may still think like that or, or still live like that, but we're not in that culture. So we have to also consider the culture that we live in. And so when it says a man, uh, he who finds a wife, it doesn't mean that the wife doesn't necessarily initiate. Taking it back to us is that we were both at a place where we were content being single. And we were, even in a sense, content if we, as much as we know, <laughs> that we were content if we did not get married. And so it wasn't as if I was looking for her or she was looking for me. Remember, she thought I was my father uh, and she was just trying to make connection for, to, to our parents. And so it just, it so happened that way. And even still, it was like, oh, it's cool. And we, when we began to talk and really, I think I was in Spain or Egypt at the time. And so it was just everything's through social media, just kind of getting to know each other. Like, oh, man, we've, it's so crazy that we've known each other. We knew each other back then. And we just uh, we found a mutual friend and it kind of worked that way. Mm-hmm. And so had she not initiated that conversation, we may not be here. Uh do you have anything to add? I would agree. Um, there was I, there was no other way that I could think of that we would have been connected. But I also am at a place where I acknowledge that everything is within God's time and within his plan. Um, because truly, at that time, I was not looking to date, uh, definitely wasn't looking for marriage, I think I was at the height of um, that song that was out, uh, Independent. Um, And I was just like, I got me. I'm good. And I really, if I could be honest, I really was, I was in a relationship with God. I was seeking to grow both spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And I didn't have time. In that, in that mindset that I was in, I didn't have time for a relationship. I actually viewed relationships from the context of the men that I dated before, that, that this was just drama. I didn't have time. Everybody went on a game, um, just kind of making excuses that everybody was like the men that I had dated before. And so I wasn't searching, seeking, and I definitely, I would say that I wasn't waiting for a husband either. I was booked and busy, whether it was class, whether it was Bible study, choir rehearsal, I was busy. Um, and so that that allowed me to not be available to get into any mess. That's definitely interesting. I think it's interesting because I was at the time kind of busy on the same level, but not on the same level. So I was busy. I was at the, I would say the, not even the pinnacle, but at the strong point of one of my military, my military career when I was in New Jersey. And so I was getting awards. I was traveling. I was trying to, I was being a flying crew chief, which means I just traveled with the plane. So I was traveling all over the world. And, and it wasn't one, it, it wasn't like those, the thoughts of kind of, I think about coming to America when Hakeem wanted to go to America. He's like, oh, you must go to Saudi Arabia. Oh, so it wasn't like that. I was literally trying to live for Christ. Uh, I was studying. I was really kind of coming into my own with God, and that's what it was. And I was part. Of, I was part of the singles ministry, but I was. I wasn't able to be as active because I was never here. Uh, and so it was. It was kind of one of those things. And I was just kind of in my my own lane, my own world, and it just happened. 
And so we don't want to take up too much time and not talk about the courting and the dating. And so what was, what did you gather or what, what was it like dating me? Um, hmm. I remember a moment where I, um, when I, when God really delivered me from my last relationship, I remember crying out to him saying, I can't afford to be hurt like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I'll make it through. And um, I literally, once we started dating, I was like, okay, I think I'm feeling this chocolate brother. And um, I literally, I cried and I prayed out to God. I said, Lord, show me what's wrong with him so I'll know when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Because I really, I was in a position where I, I, I didn't have time to play with my heart or to play with my walk. Um and he, he never revealed anything to me, but he showed me that I was I was bringing that baggage from those past relationships to the present and that it, it wasn't necessary. Um, so dating you was actually very freeing. It was the first time that I had someone that prayed with me rather than just saying, oh, man, you, you know, you had a rough day or I'm sorry, you had, you know, some challenges in 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 your family relationships or whatever. But it was the first time that I had a man to say, let's go before the throne of grace. And that thing shook me. It was also because I had a very, because I had been such a, I was raised by two, two strong alpha men. I, I had a very strong personality where it was just like, I can handle it. And if I can't handle it, I'll just, I could probably call my dad. He could walk me through it, whatever. And you were the first person that actually kind of just checked me on the way that I spoke to people Mm -hmm. um, or not to people, but the way that I spoke to you um, in the midst of a disagreement. And I was just like, Oh, I've never had anybody to like kind of say, yo, uh -uh, I'm grown. Don't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. So um, that was very liberating. He was just like, Oh, like we got boundaries. (laughs) Everybody don't have boundaries. (laughs) This is different. Um, so it was, it was a journey. It truly was a journey of acknowledging the areas that I needed to work on and allowing myself to be vulnerable and open to love because I, I didn't start that way. I think that, uh, dating for me, it was just, it was different in the sense because, I think that it was the first time, not even since that I was ready to date. I feel like I was ready to date before, but I was kind of clear-minded. I knew the direction I was going in. Uh, and I think that when I met you again, so we knew each other, but when we, when we re-met, I think that you can't really count. We knew each other as children, but we never knew each other as adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was like a, a, a re-meeting uh, or and so when we meet each other and we neither one of us looking for anything. And so I feel like it also takes pressure off. So when you're just, when you are content where you are and, uh, and it's not the, I can do bad all by myself. It is, I'm really am good. Uh, and I think that the fact that you really were good, 
where you were. I was really good where I was at. And then we come, and not to say that we were perfect and that we didn't have any flaws and we didn't have anything we need to work on because we still do. But it was just one, we were just in that place where, okay, I'm, I'm good. If you go, if you stay, I'm good. Uh, I, uh, there's always the idea of need versus want. I always concern myself with someone needing me because when the need is over, they still have use. Uh, and so, and so when someone wants you there versus needing you there, mm-hmm. uh, it's different. So to, for that one, and just to kind of, to kind of walk through those things and, uh, some of the kind of the adventures of, uh, cause when we started off, it was, it was long distance. I was in New Jersey. She was in uh, Augusta slash Aiken. And so that kind of thing, can we get a, a long distance relationship withhold? Uh, this is, and I was at the time, I didn't, we didn't know that I was going to kind of put a halt at traveling where I was not traveling as much. But I, at the time, I was always going to be gone in my mindset at that time. And then how would that work? And just the, the stress of of being in a long distance not the stress of between me and her, but like the, I would, I would have a three day weekend and drive down, but 12 hours, 12, 13 hours, that's you've already lost a day. Uh, and so kind of that mindset. And so kind of walking through that, uh, I, I never wanted someone, I, I don't think I've had a, I've never had a history of dating someone that is someone I can walk over and push over. I've never wanted that. I've always, I've always liked, even though sometimes I feel like it's, uh, it's frowned upon in other in, in certain circles. I like someone that has an opinion. I want, I, I want, I always wanted, even in dating, someone that was strong, uh, and not the, the strong black woman, but just a strong person, just uh, just that were confident who they were, because uh, it makes it easier uh, with me. Because I, I think I was confident in where I was at, uh, and so and walking in that and dating there and seeing someone that is seeking God, but. Uh, I, I guess as, as transparency, I don't think I was looking for the quote unquote church girl. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I, I didn't, I just, I had spent church, uh, my, my life in church, but I've also spent a portion of it out. Uh, and so I think that's, whether it's right or wrong, that's just what my mindset was at the time. But it was, it was good, but I don't think that we didn't talk about like we go back to the original point about dating and what we learned. We didn't learn. We we're both children of divorce. Uh, ironically, now my my father's my biological mother, uh, she passed, so it wasn't like a second divorce, but it was still it's still a tearing that happens when you lose someone, and so that same uh, so a, a double that double divorce or that double loss, and so kind of seeing. Poor examples. Not to say that I, I did have some good examples. My godparents, uh, both sets of my godparents, and uh, so I did have some good examples. But the the primary examples of that marriage, and most people, like as we learn in scripture, that marriages, uh, marriages forever. Well, that's not that's not what we've, what we've seen. And so to kind of so you go into dating, you and and when you begin to focus, I think I was telling teachers the other day when we get, when you begin to focus on trying not to have something happen, it becomes your focus and you begin to, you begin to speak that more than you begin to speak the things that you want. So you begin to speak, uh, I don't want a divorce, I don't want a bad relationship, but you're never, you're never saying what you want. You're just saying what you don't want. And so you, you haven't even begun to think about what you want. 
And I think sometimes that becomes a challenge because as we know that we have, we have power in our words. Mm -hmm. So if you, if when, if as you're dating, you're only looking for what you don't want, you never consider what you do want. Because if you just say, I just want the opposite of that, that opposite may not be, as we go back to the scripture, that good thing. I think that's, when you think about that, it's so important to be very clear in your prayer life. Um, I know one of the things that I said to God was that I wanted a man who wanted to go to church, that really wanted to be a part of growing spiritually. Um, And he sent me the preacher and I was just like, well, okay, God, all right. Um, But that was my prayer. I wanted a man who could truly love God and love me just the same. Um, So I think it's important when you are, you know, really thinking about being intentional about your prayer life is really establishing those things that you do want that you may not have seen. Um, and maybe you could be the person to break those generational curses off of your family if they exist. And we're closing out because we're trying to stick to truth at a time. But I wanted to think about something that you said, and I wanted to kind of piggyback off of that, is that you said uh, as you begin to be very uh, specific in your prayer life, but something that Pastor Rab says, and we can only kind of echo with the with the man of God of this house has said is that you also want to spend some time being really, I'm going to say it how I hear it, it's shutting up and allowing God to speak. Uh, because as we said, uh, and as uh, Montez said as well, is that you need to allow God to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And so if we're saying that God decides what the good thing is, you need him to tell you what the good thing is. You need him to say Okay, yeah, you're praying for that, but one, you're not ready for that. Two, you can't handle that. And three, you don't really know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, or you may be praying for a specific woman or a specific man, rather. And when you're doing that, it may be God like, nah, fam. Uh, because he knows, he created this person and he also created you and he knows you better than you, than you know yourself. And so it really is like, oh, okay, I'm praying for this, but let me let God speak. Uh, and if you're not allowing that time for God to speak, you may like, God, I want this, this, and this. And he was like, that didn't even work for your personality. Come on. Uh, and, and in some ways, you may be changing your personality to fit this person that can't really get you, can't really walk with you, can't really talk with you, or maybe jealous because you're you're succeeding. Maybe you, maybe you say that you want to, I'm not a fan of this, but this is what it is. You may say that you want an alpha male. But you may, but the reality of it is, is that uh, that that person may not be the best for you. You may need someone that is not that's a more introspective person that's not a type. You may need that because it may work better for you. Uh, and so I want you to one very, as you begin to think about dating. Because I want to definitely recap, and I want to allow you a chance to recap. Uh, as we begin to think about dating, begin to one take off some of the pressure take off some of the pressure of feeling like this one has to lead to marriage because part of dating is getting to know each other and we don't talk about the getting to know each other and in the process of the church is like as soon as you bring somebody to the church that's gonna be your husband that's gonna be your wife mm. uh and that's not really 
that's too much pressure, one, on someone that you're just getting to know. And don't allow the societal pressures, church pressures to push you into this, like this is what it has to be, because you're literally just getting to know someone. And as uh, I can't remember the pastor, you have to begin to ask a lot of questions because you don't know because and this should be dating conversation, not, OK, oh, you propose to me now what? And so it really is. And we're going to talk about that as well. But we really want you to think about dating in the spectrum. It, you should be asking questions. It's OK if, this, if you go on a date and this person, you know, this is not it. And then you and if you end up in and then if you meet someone else, even if it's a week later, it's like but I think there's so much it's not so it's so much pressure to make this thing something that you're not even sure that you're one you're ready for. And this is going to be the person. And it could be. But if you put pressure on it too soon before it's ready, then you, you may have a premature relationship uh, and it does not work the way it was because you put pressure on it before it was stable enough to hold that pressure. Uh, and so you want to think about that. And the, I, I think what we what helped us is that we didn't have that pressure to make it work. And we didn't have this time clock. And that's because we kind of came out. We came into the situation thinking if we if this lead, we didn't even think about it, this leads to marriage, but we weren't looking to try to make anything lead to marriage. And not to say that people that do, it doesn't work out. I'm just saying what worked for us. Like I said, we're not experts, right. not by the, the long, the, the longest shot. We will be 10 years next February, or this February coming up rather, because we passed February. But that is, we're not trying to be expert. We're just trying to share some of the things that we've learned, just some of our experience and give our testimony. But if I could leave you with anything else, take the pressure off and seek God. Let God tell you what that good thing is. And once you stop looking and expecting this look or have it, having it to be a certain way, you may find that that's when, once you relieve the pressure, you'll, you'll see what you're looking for. Or maybe you won't. Because maybe, maybe what you're looking for is not what you need to be looking for anyway. Before we close out, I will uh, just impart how important it is to seek premarital counseling. Uh, but it maybe even couples counseling. Um, I'm a huge proponent of healing first before you bring anyone else into your space. Um, so if you know that there are some things that you've experienced, that you have experienced, whether it be past relationships, whether it be from your childhood, work on those things during and maybe even before you really engage in this courtship process. Because you'd be surprised how much of our past trauma shows up in our relationships. That is all we have for you. Uh, I do want to definitely plug, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, definitely feel free to leave them. If you're in the comments, leave them in the comments. If you watch the rebroadcast from there, inbox us. You can email us at admin at rlcrdu.com. If you need prayer, we definitely want to plug that. You can send your prayers to prayers at rlcrdu.com, prayers at rlcrdu.com. We thank you for this time. We want to thank Pastor Ralph for trusting us to do this. We will be back next week. We'll be talking about another topic as it relates to, to marriage. This is Marriage Month. We thank you for your time. We want to definitely get you out of here. We also want to let you know, if you have time, definitely uh, consider uh, looking at the revival, going to the revival virtually. You don't even have to uh, leave your the comfort of your, your own home. You can just uh, go on here and go to Terrence L. Coop. Cope, rather, I'm sorry, uh, ministries and on their Facebook Live, and they'll be doing that all week. Enjoy yourself. Uh, 
have, have some fun and just definitely plug into here if you have that time. But if you don't, make sure that you're praying. And we want to just thank you for your time. God bless you. We're going to pray out. And uh, Tisha, do you want to pray? Uh, sure. God, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. Father, we thank you for the word that you have allowed to come forth. We thank you for the testimony that grows in our belly. So, Father, I pray that this word, this moment, this testimony will bring glory to your kingdom, God. So I pray that you would send a special blessing amongst your people. In the mighty match, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Till next week. Thank you for being with us.